everyone. This is Chris Watches Pretty Little Liars uh, podcast. And before we dive in, just want to say, yeah, I'll get back on my regular schedule. I know I've been releasing these on Saturdays so far. I'll get back to Fridays, I promise. It's just been a little, you know, you know how life is. I'll say this going into uh, this new episode. It's been hard to do what I started to do with this podcast, which is try to guess who A is, because I really do think you cannot tell. There's no way to find out. I'm almost certain of that. But there is something to be said for trying to figure out like what the bigger picture is. And I think I'll start doing that more starting this episode, just to try to zoom out and see if I can deduce where where everything is happening. I think I have a good theory after this episode, but I guess you'll be the judge of that. As we just go ahead and dive into episode four of season two here on Chris Watches Pretty Little Liars. 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 So he can help you figure out who's a... Season 2, Episode 4, Blind Dates. Blind Dates. I think I understand the significance of the title, but... We got a little previously on, Run With Three Ends. A little recap of the Dan B. Fake Letter. More about Danielle. I didn't know Danielle was going to be this much part of the uh, the season. Well, we'll get to Danielle. A little Jason new face, just a reminder that he has a new face. A reminder that the four liars are being told not to hang out with each other in public, so they're being broken up. And then I finally realized, I admit, I'm a, I'm a big dummy. Now I get the whole loan against the ring thing. I guess, I guess you, I guess, okay. I guess Spencer went in there with the ring. Borrowed cash against the ring and they hold it right over the weekend. And then she's supposed to come back on Monday with the cash to get the ring back, right? Do I have that correct? Okay. Now I understand that. This show can sometimes be very straightforward. Other times be very vague. This might be the most confusing scene I've ever seen in this show. So Spencer returns to the pawn shop, and she has the cash. Where she gets this cash from, we don't know. That's a big question mark, but either way, she has the cash. She says, okay, well, I have the money. Um, I want my ring back, basically, which is Melissa's wedding ring. So Spencer's inside uh, the shop, and the other three liars are outside in this like alleyway waiting for her to come out. They're kind of talking about the whole Ren with three ends situation, and I'll say I'm a little disappointed. My other theory probably isn't true because they're talking about how Ren is giving Melissa something to help with Ian, et cetera, et cetera. So here's what happened. The guy inside the shop, this might be J.B. Schmidt or the employee of J.B. Schmidt. Either way, he comes back to her and says, here's your ring or here's your thing. And he puts a horseshoe, a rusty horseshoe on the table. And Spencer very rationally says, I brought in a ring. This is not what I brought in. You literally gave me the ticket, sir. And he's like, I, I don't know. This is what I got. On the, uh, this is what I got, you know, for you. Uh, what? So if you remember from the previous episode, you know, the person in black comes in there, buys the ring off of the guy, I guess. And he's like, I knew she wouldn't come back. That's what this guy says to the, the our hoodie person. I knew she wasn't going to come back. She, 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 48 hours later, it's like Monday morning. Like, what is going on at this store? Why is this not, why isn't Cooper and everyone else on this store? This is completely ridiculous. This entire, this entire scene is absolutely ridiculous. This isn't even A. This is just a, a poor business owner situation happening here. This is like, this is also the least A, A thing ever done. This is almost has nothing to do with A. If, if, if they have gone to any other shop or anywhere else, this would not have happened. This is completely out of A's power. This is purely this person who runs the stores 
absolutely shady business practices. Anyway, so he, I guess she leaves. <laughs> I think she takes it with her. Does she take the horseshoe with her? Anyway, she leaves. No ring. She gets. The, she keeps the cash. I guess that's something. And they all get a text. Just my luck. Diamonds are a girl's best friend. Dash A. And for some reason, they all look up at a mural that has eyes on it. I mean, I get the symbolism, uh, but I don't really understand why they're looking at the mural. I mean, there's no camera in the eyes. So anyway, but I put in my notes. Noel. This is Noel. If we're still sticking with our A is like a group, this is Noel doing his BS. Or it could have been Melissa, but I'll get to that theory. Cut to Arya's parents uh, in the house. Uh, things are getting back to normal, possibly, potentially. Uh, but Mike is still grumpy. A moody Mike is still stomping around in the house. Uh, there's a chat about, you know, keeping the liars apart. You know, Arya kind of thinks it's unfair, etc. The parents are still sticking to their guns. And then we find out uh, mom is going to be a full-time teacher at the high school. And whoa, whoa, she's taking over Mr. Fitz's class. Now, I guess that would happen mid- mid-year. It is a little strange to me that Mr. Fitz mid-year dashes over to uh, Hollis to start his job. I don't know. Just something. Cut to the Hastings household. Boy, this house has turned into just every shot is just in the dark. It's just terrible to be there for even a minute. Melissa's still searching for something. I guess we think it's the ring, but it may not be the ring because she finds Ian's passport uh, because she's going to get an insurance claim on the ring. This is when I was like, wait a minute, did Melissa do all this just so she can get some extra cash on the ring? That's where I got a little suspicious of her with this little, she's going to get some cash that the ring is gone because not only she has the ring and she's going to get money. And then she says, I'd rather find my husband than the ring and runs out. Is this the shot? No. Maybe it's later. There is a shot of Ian's picture on his passport. It looks like a 1980s headshot. It is the most glam driver's ID photo I have ever seen in my entire life. It is ridiculous. Cut to uh, Hannah's home. Ashley's getting coffee, as we know. Ashley all about that coffee. Uh, and there's a little conversation about Hannah going to the therapist alone. A little solo session. I guess the other liars have done so. Hannah, up until now, has not, so I guess they're going to force her to do that. Cut to Emily. She refines the fake letter, and I I was thinking about her situation in particular, and yet, as you know, as is previously discussed on the show, big fan of Emily. I didn't know I had this thought right here. Emily could, in theory, tell her mom the truth. At any point, Emily could, and this comes up actually later in this episode, she could have said to her mom right here, because Pam comes down, and they got a box from Danby, a whole bunch of uh, swag in there, and just like hats and stuff from Danby, and and there's no inside there. So happy to have you on the, so happy to have you on our team dash A or something something along those lines. A sent a box of like goods to Pam, and Emily of Danby. And clearly A having some fun there. Yeah, but at any point Emily could have said, especially right here, she could have come clean. She could have told her mom, look, here's all that's going on. That letter was fake. Even just the letter is fake. Uh, yes, that would mean that they'd leave for Texas. But once again, A's hold on people is not always this magical way they get to do things, which they do. Over half of A's power is the fact that they know people don't want to be <laughs> honest in this town. Is there is there a world where Emily says to her mom, look, I know my father wants us to go to Texas, but my whole life is here. Like, really make a plea. Maybe call dad. And maybe make her case that this is where she belongs. No. Uh, she decides to keep her uh, secret to herself. And uh, we see how that plays out later on. Cut to the quad slash outdoor area. Still don't know what to call this place, but more Hannah and Lucas. It, it appears Lucas is digging on Danielle. 
and he has some sort of date going on. I, yeah, this whole thing is also very strange. So he's supposed to go on a date with Danielle. He's very nervous about it. He invites Hannah to go along with, already a little unusual. And then she's like, well, I don't want to go by myself. And he's like, well, let's bring Caleb. So I, my conspiratory mind started going, is this something that Lucas and Caleb cooked up in their little uh, bunk bed situation, which we find out later on? Because it's a very... It's very awkward for Hannah. Now, Hannah's, I don't know, and also, why is Hannah so willing to um, give Lucas another chance as, as a friend? I think it's nice. I think it's also very mature, uh, you know, a way to approach the whole situation. I know she had kind of an epiphany with her dad, right? Like, things change, people grow, etc. I don't know if Lucas deserves a second chance that she's giving him, but she's really being extra generous to him, I think. But then, you know, my Caleb, I, I don't know. We cut to the hallway, and... Spencer and Emily have this very coded conversation. I'm not even sure if I remember the the result of this, but Spencer says, going right after school, and Emily's like, is that safe? And she's like, no. So I'm, I forget what that really was, but uh, I now I remember. Now I remember. Anyway, Mom and Arya have another chat at school there. Uh, they have a chat in the hallway, and apparently Mom has uh, Mike's keys. So she's like, Arya, why don't you stop by where Mike goes to plays b-ball every day after school? Why don't you hop, run over there and give him his keys? Yeah, so she's like, yeah, go to where uh, Mike Mike hoops it up and uh, give him his keys. So, cut to the cafeteria. Um, Hannah and Caleb have a conversation at the at a table. Again, I didn't think they're even on speaking terms, but apparently they are. Apparently they are. Apparently Caleb is also back at school. He reveals they're kind of, sort of sleeping in bunk beds. Uh, Lucas and Caleb. Um, but they're talking. I was very surprised about that. And so they, the two of them, decide they're going to be wing people for Lucas of all things. I know the scene is supposed to be done for comedy. Like Lucas is like so nervous around Danielle, et cetera, et cetera. I'm just very shocked that Hannah is willing to talk to Caleb even about the situation and even be in the same room with him. I kind of thought it was pretty clear at the end that they were taking a break in in entirety. Like there's no, there's nothing, but uh, I guess I was wrong. New location alert. New location. St. Anthony's. St. Anthony's Hospital. Apparently we're rendering three ends works and I, and just drop something and apparently if i remember correctly from my season one brain he is in a bigger city so it's kind of a drive for spencer which which clearly is reference to going right after school right and so she <laughs> in classic spencer way ren's coming out with a you know some sort of other medical professional they're having some sort of medical professional conversation spencer comes up and says can you go and uh this woman looks at her like i mean she didn't know what to do so she did leave Ren kind of, you know, pulls her aside, and they, and <laughs> Ken Spencer, boy, you know, I love it. Just right out there. Ian tried to kill me, FYI. We need to talk about it. He's like, gah, 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 gah. so they go into the supply closet to have a tiny bit more privacy. He gets the lowdown, and he basically, he basically ruins my entire theory from last episode that I was super excited about, although there's a tiny chance it's still true, but he says to Spencer, I did give painkillers to Melissa. Uh, he did, he confirmed what the show was hinting at, I guess, that, yeah, Ian was being, you know, all the stuff with Melissa has to do with Ian, so it's not as complicated as I thought, unfortunately. I was a little disappointed, a little disappointed, but um, he's saying, basically, I'll help you find Ian. I don't quite know everything yet, but once I get more info, basically, I'll let you know. So cut to Hannah at therapy. Um, Hannah's not talking, and we have kind of an emotional scene here where the therapist basically says to her, you need to let something go, and different people have different things that they're holding on to. And they did this thing, again, confirming my theory. Allison is very much alive and very much running around. They kept doing this fun thing like, Allison is still here for you. Well, yeah, we know Allison's listening in on her secret cameras. 
And so they try to do this exercise where they pretend Allison is sitting there in the room. I think Hannah kind of freaks out, and then she leaves. Cut to basketball. Hooping it up here with Mike. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, I noted uh, the rock, the rock, the backtrack for this. It sounded like a, do y'all remember Nine Days? Remember that song? Standing on the ledge, looks like you might fall. Yeah, that looked like this, this band was trying to be them. Or maybe it is Nine Days. I don't know. Anyway, Ari can't find Mike. Mike is not here hooping it up. And uh, we run into Jason Newface, no shirt, playing basketball, as you do. I mean, that's that's very natural, but we see a lot of Jason Newface running around with his longer hair. And then Lewis, uh, apparently a friend of, of Mike's, and, and Ari knows him as well, comes and kind of walks up and says, uh, yeah, my, uh, Mike's not been here for a long-ass time. Huh? What about notes? Mike lies. Shocked. Not shocked. Jason Newface, not done, walks up. Uh, he has uh, what I call a... Uh, he has a little sweat rag in his uh in his basketball shorts there, walking up, and uh, he says he doesn't remember much. What does what does that even mean? He doesn't remember much from I don't know. Is, is he have, I don't know what that means. But he says he doesn't remember. He doesn't remember much. But he remembers Arya's pink hair and that he liked it. Like a little flirting thing happening here. It was so interesting to me. Tyranny of season one. Arya obsessed with Fitz. Right, all about Fitz. There was a slight moment where she was into Noel for like two seconds. Then there was that weird thing with, uh, what's his name? Hannah's old boyfriend. A, a very brief moment of that. Sean, right? Very brief moment where that was come, but it's all been fits, right? She seems a little like, hmm, Jason Newface. And, you know, maybe he doesn't remember anything because he got a face off. Maybe that's why Jason Newface doesn't remember anything because it's not Jason. Anyway, he says, I miss that pink hair. And he kind of runs off and goes to play more basketball without a shirt on. And uh, I don't know. Arya, I think, is kind of, I don't know. She uh, she smiles. How about that? I'll say she smiles. Cut to uh, Samara, basically coming out of another meet. Uh, Emily did, of course, amazing, as she always does. And she heard about Danby, because I guess Pam's running all over the pool telling everybody how her daughter got into Danby. Not exactly what Emily was hoping would happen, but, you know, sounds like Pam. Emily tells Samara the truth, which I thought was great and interesting. But she does tell Samara, look, she tells her the whole story, leaving out the A stuff. Pam is very proud. She comes out. <sighs> I appreciate the show doing what they did here because the question I had literally earlier in this podcast now becomes even harder to answer because Pam is just so over the moon about this whole swimming thing and Danby and, and all this stuff. She wants Samara to come over and have dinner. No other, no one else, no one else there. And Pam is clearly aware that Emily and Samara are in a relationship. I don't know what, I don't know how Pam's dealing with that on her own time, but. Just a, A, a smile on Pam's face and, and, and pure joy and dare I say acceptance. Maybe, maybe I'm being way too generous for Pam, but she seems like she's on board with Emily's life right now. And, and we know as an audience how important that is to Emily for so many reasons. And in this moment, as we'll see even more later, Samara keeps Emily's secret. She doesn't say anything that Emily just told her. So yeah, this is kind of big. So it really does complicate now Emily's decision to be truthful because God forbid she tells her mom all this is a lie. We might get season one Pam again, and we don't want that. No one wants that. At Spencer Household, the Hastings, boy, oh boy, this place is, there's no lights anymore. The parents are out of town. Uh, Spencer comes home. I think there's like a note like, hey, we're going to be in out of town. Back door house, doors open. Again, I, I, t- I tend to forget this is a small town. How you would take a shower with the door open, the front door, mind you, unlocked and open ajar. I don't know, but... Someone is in the shower. 
Spencer kind of do, 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 do. Ian it walks in, and this is where we see the photo. This is where Spencer finds Ian's passport, where we see the funniest passport photo I've ever seen in my entire life. That is no exaggeration. The shower, though, ends, and Spencer do, 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 runs out, and she's like, Spencer, 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 and then closes the door, etc., etc. We get a phone call situation with Spencer and Aria. Where is Ian? They're trying to figure out where Ian is. And uh, Spencer for, you know, I'm a little... Spencer and Melissa's relationship as sisters is extremely strained, right? It's been that way since the show started. But in this moment, I do believe Spencer... I mean, Spencer's worried about herself, but she says, would Ian hurt Melissa? So there is a part of her that is actually very concerned for her own sister's safety, you know? Maybe Melissa's in over her head. You know, she's... The question she asked her sister an episode or two ago, like, would you would you protect me again? We see Spencer now doing it herself. She wants to help her sister if she's in a bad situation, which I thought was really, uh, it was nice. Ian real. Ian, who knows what Ian's capable of? Uh, so this is all very legit. So Ari's home alone, and she's creeped out for some reason in her house. And um, Spencer's parents come home, so she has to go. And Ari hears a door slam in her house. She jumps Moody Mike is home. Boy, just stomping through. I don't know what time it is, like midnight. Stomping through. And Arya confronts Mike. She's like, We're, you weren't at the court. And she goes, forget about today. Where have you been the last two months? Lewis is looking for you. Jason Newface hasn't seen you. And Mike's like, uh, things will never be the same just because uh, parents are back together. I think. So I, 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 I don't answer Arya's question, by the way. And I understand Mike's going through things. I understand Mike's going through a tough time personally. But uh, they didn't answer her question. Where, are, where have you been, Mike? Are you the hoodie person? I didn't even think about that till I just said it right now. What a surprise that would be if he was the hoodie person. Huh. Anyway. Really, re- <laughs> Again. Probably, well, uh, for this show, the weirdest date I have seen. I guess they're all at Hannah's house, drinking soda pop and eating pizza before they go see a movie. <laughs> so weird. Lucas and Danielle are like on their little patio out there. Caleb and Hannah are staring at them from the kitchen. Uh, and no wonder Danielle's like, this is just... This is hell. It looks like Daniel's on to Lucas, but we'd love later find out Daniel's just like, this situation is messed up. And um, Danielle thinks Hannah is still, quote, still into Lucas, end quote. From Danielle's point of view, totally get it. And actually, Danielle's the most reasonable person in this entire situation. She should run. Danielle, get out of there. Danielle, go and jump another TV show that's on ABC Family slash Reform. Do not be on the show. <laughs> that date continues. Got to uh, Emily and Samara on the bed. And I just thought, of, you know, when the, when the scene started, I had the flashback from season one. This is very similar to um, Emily and Maya. And remember how Pam reacted when she saw that? Completely freaked out. Pam walks in, doesn't freak. In fact, she takes a seat on the bed and they have this lovely chat. And Samara, Samara, sorry, Samara. I have to say, Samara has that parent charm. She says the right things to Pam to get her talking. Like, it's perfect. And then Samara, my goodness, Probably one of the best things people have done in this show in terms of like being on their feet and like a quick thing to reduce suspicion. So she's like, Pam's like, yeah, let's lock in Danby. And Samara's like, you know what you should do? Pam's like, let's go tour Danby. Let's let's call up the coach. And Samara's like, you know what? If you play cool, you might actually get other offers. And then when you hit senior year, then you make your choice. If you put all your bags in Danby, you might be... You might not be getting Stanford or or some other big school names. And, and Pam's like, you know what? You're right. Super, super smart. Samara, A, A plus is uh, pun intended. A's across the board. 
If Samara ends up to be A, I will literally, I will need to take a week off. I'm going to tell you all that right now. I'll be so upset if Samara is A. Uh, back to the weird, weird, weird date. Lucas, Hannah, and Caleb are kind of like chatting about this in the kitchen. Danielle's in the bathroom. I don't know how she doesn't even hear this. Uh, so they're like, we got to do something. Caleb says, let me put my armor on you, Hannah. And so at the far end near the front door, we see Lucas and Danielle being awkward. Caleb puts his arm around Hannah in the kitchen. And for some reason, Danielle's like, oh, they're, they're, Hannah's not into Lucas. And then she kind of relaxes a little bit. <sighs> this entire situation aside, you can tell you can tell that Hannah's still into Caleb. So if that's what we're supposed to get out of all this, then we've succeeded. Still, extremely weird. Cut back to the Hastings household. We see Melissa loading her car. And I guess, yeah, I guess she is running away with Ian. You know, it's kind of on the nose, isn't it? I thought there'd be something more elaborate here or some layered subterfuge, but uh, I guess that's what's happening. Although, asterisk there, we'll come back to that. This next scene is very interesting. Now, if you recall, if you go back through the archive, at one point I did feel very suspicious about Ren with three ends. If you recall, there's a scene, there's a, there's a moment where he comes over to the house, he's drunk, he like breaks a window, he comes in, Spencer finds him, right, and kind of sobers him up, and there's someone outside recording them and there's a whole thing with the uh there's a whole thing with like uh, a thing on the island in there and someone makes like a little construction thing out of it with the memorial etc etc at the time i thought ren with three ends might be involved with the a situation so keep that in mind ren is having a phone call with melissa spencer is in this supply closet like out of camera sight, but we see her shortly thereafter once the call ends so spencer is overhearing uh, Ren with three ends is part of the conversation. So he's talking to Melissa, and basically at the end of the conversation, he says, uh, well, Melissa's definitely going to meet him tomorrow or something or tonight. Uh, she doesn't know where he is, but when when she knows, she's basically going to pick me up, and we're going to go there, and I'm going to help him. He, he needs some medical help. What's so interesting is Melissa is in this episode. She has speaking parts, right? She has lines. It's not like she wasn't booked for this episode. We very specifically only hear Ren with Rienz's side of this conversation. Isn't that interesting? We don't see Melissa. We don't even hear her voice. Ren with Rienz could be literally talking to anybody. In fact, he might not even be talking to anybody at all. I know that's a bit of a meta observation. I'm aware of that. Still interesting. Next morning, Hannah is in her house. And I think Lucas comes to the door. Very 80s movie kind of thing here happens, but he's like knocking on her door. She opens it and he says which is something that we explored with Lucas for a little bit and kind of lost when he kind of uh, acted the way he did. He does say to her, your post-Alice and Posse version of yourself, I like. And we still don't, we get a little bit more to this episode, we still don't quite know how bad the four liars were in that era. But he does say this was a purely selfless act. And he's right. He, I'm not even sure he deserves this grace and selfless act, but Hannah does do it for him. It's, it's very genuine. And it's made clear here that Hannah still has a lot of Allison stuff to work through. There's, there's, I don't know, trauma, memories, good and bad. Oh, there's a whole bunch of stuff wrapped up in, in this that, uh, you know, I get it. She hasn't really addressed. But uh, I think it's at this point that Hannah decides she's going to go to the therapist. She's going to go back. Uh, cut to Arya and Dad in the morning. Dad, I guess it's fun for Dad to drive Arya to school. I remember when I was in high school, it was the most embarrassing thing in the world for your mom to drop you off. A, A, just to drop you off, period. Because at that point, you should be driving yourself. It's stupid high school stuff, right? Even more embarrassing 
for mom to pull you right in front of the school to drop you off. Mario's like, yeah, I'm secure in my coolness. <laughs> Moody Mike gets up. I wrote it with two eyes, Mike. Mike uh, gets up and he's like, dad's like, hey, want me to drive you to school? And Mike, I don't even know if he says anything. He's like, fuck off or whatever he says, right? Uh, he storms out. <laughs> well, he doesn't storm out yet. He does say, yeah. Uh, yeah, basketball was great, wasn't it? Uh, Arya saw me shoot hoops, and Arya doesn't lie. She nods, so she doesn't call Mike out in front of Dad, but she was about to, but she didn't. And then Dad says to Arya, is he okay? And she's like, yeah, he's fi- he's fine. I mean, I don't know, man. Uh, Dad and Mom aren't always aware of what's going on. I think they know something's up with Mike. I don't know what's up with Mike, but something is. I, I imagine... If if I'm gonna if I'm gonna guess what's going on with Mike, it might be a similar situation where Ian and uh, Jason Newface were hanging out. He's probably smoking weed somewhere, you know. That's probably what's going on. Cut to therapy, uh, Hannah and the therapist, and we have a pretty emotional scene. And I really wanted to credit uh, Hannah and the person portraying Hannah here. It was a really it was a really well done scene. I got a little emotional with uh, Hannah here. We get a little more insight into how she felt about Allie. And we've gotten this from the other liars and various versions of this over the past you know, season and four episodes. Allie made you feel special. And I think for whatever reason, whatever Allie had going on, she, she tended to find people who needed this part, right? She, need, she found people who felt a lack of feeling special. And you know, Hannah had a lot of that, had a lot of that growing up. And so... She says a very interesting thing. You were my best friend and my worst enemy. And then we have a little surreal situation here where the person who plays Allie appears there and they kind of have a real-time conversation, which is pretty neat. And Allie, of course, berates her and says, oh, you're all in touch with your feelings now and kind of gives her a hard time and hits her with the hefty Hannah nickname again and challenges her self-esteem. And clearly this is a dream sequence, not real, but Hannah kind of feels more grounded. Like she's... She's she knows herself and she has a higher self esteem and she's like I reject you you know and she sends the demon away. Cut to school somehow. Samara's at school. I think she's in college. So yeah, I forgot about that. That's a, that's also weird, huh? So basically, this is a little recap on the uh, incident with Pam, and which I guess I'm sure we assumed it's never going to be this easy on this show. Emily's like, this is just a postponement. There's still going to be issues to deal with this, and Samara's like, you know what? We got it. We'll figure it out. So I'm a little confused. I I got I get confused where the therapist lives and works because it looks like I guess it's the same. It just looked differently this episode. But basically, a therapist comes into her office and it's absolutely destroyed and written on the wall: "Nosy bitches die." Dash A. Is this once and for all? Now I know there was a text last season from A or something. Someone associated with A. Is this the first time someone who's not the liars got hit with A shit? I think it is. And I think we have like five minutes left and and things just ramp up. Spencer, Ian, and Ren, the whole thing, the whole thing's going down. Melissa's on her way. Spencer grabs everyone. Uh, we cut really quickly to Hannah and Hannah's, and mom's, and Hannah's mom's like, don't go. Uh, and Hannah's like, I'm working out, working things out with Allie and I got to go. So she runs out and Ashley is a little concerned. We cut to the uh, therapist and the police show up and this is interesting, right? They say it was not forced entry. Someone with keys broke in now. The therapist says, I'm the only one with keys. So why did we see this scene? I don't know. I mean, it. <laughs> I don't know what that means. So the four, the four of them are en route to this Ian drop-off. We we don't know quite know what's going to happen, but we know we might get to Ian, right? 
and they briefly talked about ta- calling Garrett undercover, and I, I screamed. I screamed in my apartment, do not call Garrett, and thankfully they decided to keep Garrett out of it. Thank God. So Melissa and Ren with Rians are driving. They kind of pull up to this gate. They hop out in some sort of barn, right? So the four liars park. They start creeping over, and then it's really tense, and then Melissa screams. Ren with Rians was outside, and he runs inside, and the four liars run after, right? And uh, so much happens here in the last minute. Okay. Let me try to clearly explain what we see. The four liars run in there, and on the second floor, I think, of this barn, looks suspiciously like the barn from the pilot, although I don't think it is. Either way, Ian is on the ground. He has what looks like a small handgun in his right hand. Whether it's makeup or real blood or fake blood, whatever, he has some sort of red, you know, red stuff on his head. Did we hear a gunshot? No. Okay. But he does look pale. Okay. And I wrote him a note. Ian's dead for real? Question mark? And he has a little note, a little suicide note, I guess. I killed Allie. Uh, he has this little confession that he did it. Okay, so there's a note there. So that so all this happens, right? And uh, Spencer runs in. Melissa at first is like, what are you doing here? Like for a half second, then she lets the two of them hug. We get a little pan up to see that the horseshoe, there's a horseshoe missing from this barn. We happen to see a horseshoe at the beginning of this episode. Not going to say they're related, but I think the show is much simpler than <laughs> much simpler that I gave it credit for. So let's just go ahead and say that it's the same horseshoe. So we are to assume that Ian got the ring back and did the horseshoe bit, I guess. Okay. The very, very last shot makes no sense. Hopefully it pays off. Someone goes to the liar's car, has some sort of cell phone. And I thought for sure they're going to take something. They put the phone inside, I think, Spencer's bag. And they put the purse back. Not quite sure what to make of that either. So what do we think? What do we think as we... uh, go a little bit longer than I normally do. When I first watched this, I said, well, there goes my Ren is the father theory, right? All, all gone. But I'm a stubborn person in real life. Hear me out here. Timeline of events. Incident happens. Melissa, Ian, and Allie are having a conversation. The night Allie disappears, right? They're having a conversation. It gets heated. Melissa pushes Allie down. Allie looks to be dead. Uh, Melissa and Ian run away. Allie turns up missing. We know Allison ends up being alive. Allison knew something maybe to do with Ian and his company and his shady, shady stuff. She starts, you know, doing her ace shit to them. And let's say, for instance, because Ian left town, right? And he comes back and they've been getting ace shit all this time. Why does Ian come back in season one? Because he wants to be sure Allison is really dead because he's been getting some weird stuff, you know, trying to threaten for him to come out or whatever. At the same time, Ren with three ends and Melissa have a relationship, are engaged to be married. She gets pregnant by Ren with three ends. Okay? There's that. Ian comes back and says, look, here's the situation. This thing with Allison is not going away. She seems to be dead, but I think someone knows about it. So for both of our sake, your future and mine, let's join forces here. We're going to say we're going to get married and we're going to say we're going to have pre- Melissa says, well, I'm pregnant with, with Ren's baby, but I can't. I can't be with him now. And I, he's like, listen, we'll, we'll do this whole thing. We'll get engaged. I will, I'll say the baby's mine and we'll be done with this. You know, we'll be done with this. Everything is going fine until the season finale, right? And when Melissa is in the hospital and we see those extra shots of her lying in her hospital bed, she says to herself, I should really tell Run with Three Ends that he's the father. You know, I was so close to dying myself, possibly, you know, injury to the to our baby, I think I deserve it. I think he deserves to know it's his. So that's how that communication begins. Ian's doing his Ian stuff, right? If Ian is indeed horseshoe person for the ring, 
He says to Melissa, look, I thought this was going to work. I thought, uh, you know, this whole plan that we came up with was going to be foolproof. Clearly, I really messed it up. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to fake my death. So we keep the same plan. Get my stuff, you know, get my passport, get my clothes, get everything. Uh, we're going we're gonna to pretend that I died, right? I want the four of them to see it. So let them follow you. Uh, you and Ren can do whatever you want. You know, you two are meant for each other, et cetera. Whatever, whatever, whatever that discussion is. So they, they plan all this in advance so that the four liars are like, well, Ian is dead, dead, dead. Now the key here is going to be who shows up at the beginning of the next episode for the crime scene, right? Because they can't really fake that. So if he if he disappears again, then I'm right. If he if he is there and for real for real dead, then we know that's not true. Anyway, so that's that's my very convoluted theory. Is it more likely that everything is on the surface as we say it is? Probably, but uh, quite a shock ending. That's the theory I'm going with, and I think I'll save next time for this zoom out kind of exploration as to what's really going on here. Again, uh, my name is Chris. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Magoogs, M-A-G-O-O-G-S, occasionally twitching, and Mac to the gal. I do scary games. I'll do other stuff on there. Yeah, and other stuff to announce later this year. So thank you all for your support. Until next time, I've said enough. (laughs) 